In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. I had a a nice surprise yesterday. I had come home from our our vestry planning retreat and was uh, unpacking and getting settled in the rectory, and the doorbell rang. And so I opened the door, and it was one of those kind of uh, nightmarish things where the person looking at me said, do you know who I am? Do you remember me? And I thought, oh, it's like, no. And I just said, honestly, no, I don't. Um, And then she gave me her name, and, and, and I knew immediately. We went to junior high and high school together, but haven't seen each other since high school, except for Facebook and social media. And so through social media, you know, we know about each other's dogs. And, um, and I could vaguely remember that um, she had, had married and had a daughter and her husband had died and, um, and that she lived in central New Jersey. And so we caught up and talked about this or that. And then eventually, as, as two former North Carolinians would, uh, we got around to the subject of, and what brought you north? <laughs> Well, for me, it was it was graduate school, it was seminary, and then I stayed. Or as my father might say, I was ruined early, and it never, never changed. Um, but as she spoke, it was clear she had made um, a couple of different decisions um, to, to go away from home, to sort of break away from some of the expectations, um, from some of the old patterns, from some of the old people. And she had made um, a series of of deliberate choices um, to to move away, uh, to leave home, and and to in many ways grow up. Um, And so we talked about um, the the difficulties and the blessings of, of growing up, especially when we visit those we grew up with. In today's scriptures, we we see some of this with Jesus. Um, He has grown up, and now he's come home again, and they don't recognize him. (laughs) On one level, they say, well, isn't this Mary and Joseph's son? Uh, Don't we know his his step-siblings, and and we know where he lived, and, and yet here he is, putting on airs. And so they sort of taunt him and say, do some of those miracles you did at Capernaum. We've heard the stories. Show us what you can do. And Jesus sees through them and says, you know, there's an old standing belief that a prophet is unwelcome in the prophet's own hometown. (laughs) Things work elsewhere, but not when you come home. And Jesus reminds them of the the Jewish stories of of Elijah the prophet who who could do no great work right there where he was from. He had to go to the widow of Zarephath, an outsider. And there he was able to accomplish great things. In a similar way, Elijah's successor, Elisha, uh, did the same thing with Naaman, the foreigner, the commander. Elisha couldn't do much right there where he was from. He had to go elsewhere. He had to go out. And it's interesting, the reaction of the people around Jesus. They don't like how he's grown up. They don't like this new wisdom, this new ability. They certainly don't like it when he says what was in last week's gospel and reappears this week. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 
we heard last week from Father Graham how that, that, that phrase refers not only to Jesus fulfilling the scripture, but to all of God's people fulfilling that scripture. Jesus gets into trouble by showing them the new Jesus, the, the grown-up Jesus, using a Super Bowl analogy, which I guess is expected today, um, what should have been a, a hometown advantage for Jesus, you know, quickly turns into what appears to be a win for his enemies. And the game almost ends completely as the people try to drive Jesus out to the edge of town. The problem is Jesus has grown up. His faith has grown up. And he's preaching a grown-up gospel. Like Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, when he was a child, he did things like a child, but now he's grown up and he's put away childish things. The trouble is sometimes when we grow, when we put away childish things, the people around us aren't ready to let go yet. In our first scripture reading about the prophet Jeremiah, we hear about his growing up and maturing in faith. It's hard for Jeremiah for various reasons. We're told of Jeremiah's own growing pains, especially in his reluctance to hear God's calling for him. He gives all sorts of excuses. He says, I'm not old enough. I'm not ready. But God says, no, before before I formed you in the womb even, I had chosen you and I had known you. I had appointed you way back then. Jeremiah does his best to get out of his calling. He doesn't want to grow up. But eventually God wins and Jeremiah grows more deeply into the faith in which he's called. Spiritual growth comes that way for most of us. It's not a straight line. It's not an, an easy upward movement, but it's, it's zigzag. It's cyclical. It's, uh, it's two steps forward, three or four steps back sometimes. We have examples of this kind of spiritual growth in some of the great stories of Scripture, like Jeremiah. We grow with God often by leaving home. Sometimes that's physical and geographical, but but often it's spiritual. Um, we, We move into a different place with our beliefs, with our habits, with, with what we eat or drink, with, with how we talk, with what we read, with what we do for enjoyment. Sometimes we're called to move into new relationships where, where patterns and behaviors are, are different from before. Sometimes we're taken to new cities or new countries. We find ourselves making new friends and developing new social networks. We find ourselves redefining family in some ways. I had a friend who died just a couple of years ago, but she lived her whole life in Bergen County, New Jersey, into her 90s. Though she lived her whole life in that county, she moved a lot inside. She grew a lot, spiritually and intellectually. Even though she lived in a one-bedroom apartment in North Arlington, New Jersey, for most of her life, she read, and she wrote friends, and she prayed, and she continued to learn until those last weeks when she died. 
She used to call me when I was in New York City before going to Washington, and she would say, John, I'm coming into New York. You want to meet me for lunch? Then I'd say, sure, where? And she'd say, the usual spot, which meant a McDonald's over on 10th Avenue. Because she would use her senior discount and come in from New Jersey and listen to the New York Philharmonic practice for free. And then she'd treat me to a senior meal at McDonald's. But then she would have read something in the New York Times, something that was brand new, that had just opened, that was cutting edge in New York. And well into her 80s, she would say, what do you think if we check that out? Can you get me there? And so we'd go. She'd go back to North Arlington later that day, you know, having spent, what, $9 for a day in Manhattan. Um, Her younger sister thought she was crazy. And yet she kept growing. She kept growing. She kept learning. She kept expanding. She had great questions about her faith. She nagged her minister. She taught Bible classes at her church. She knew what it was to to leave home again and again and again and put up with some of the discord that that caused. God calls each of us to grow up in our faith, to grow up as people of faith. I think we can grow as individuals by praying more often, by praying differently. If you've always prayed with words and sometimes feel like you get tongue-tied, then maybe try praying with your body. One way some of us do this is through yoga on Wednesday nights, right here. (laughs) You could try it, or, or maybe take a walk around town and let that be your prayer. One famous author of Christian spirituality talks about the, the, the habitual movement of his ironing his shirt every morning, and he makes that his prayer. Maybe preparing a meal for yourself or another is your prayer. There are lots of ways of praying, but we can continue to grow in our prayer. The end of March, March 30th, we'll offer a a workshop, a kind of quiet day on the basics of prayer. What is it? How do we do it? What works? What doesn't work? If you've got a question about God, about prayer, chances are others have asked that question. And so ask somebody or Google it. (laughs) Someone else has thought about it, I guarantee you. And second, I think we're called to grow up as a church, as a congregation. Um, The vestry talked about this using different language yesterday. How is the Holy Spirit um, encouraging us to grow as a congregation? We were using some of the the data and the information we learned through our Renewal Works survey and and process and program, and we'll continue to do that. But we, We did some Bible study, we prayed, we talked with each other, and in so doing, we continue to get a deeper understanding of how God is growing us into the the future. What does it mean for us to grow as a congregation? A few of us are active in, uh, in Community Board 8 and, and the affairs of the city and the neighborhood, but what would it really look like if we were, as a parish, engaged in what's going on in our neighborhood? If we showed up at meetings and, and if the mayor really knew who we were when we called because we were a force for good and for change? 
as new families come into our neighborhood, how can we be the church for them? They may need us to be a church like we've been in the past, but they may need us to be a church in a new way, maybe a way we haven't even thought of yet. We're called to grow in faith. That way we're ready for what comes, even as our world changes around us. Um, When a personal or a communal crisis comes, it can catch us off guard if our faith is still the faith we had when we were a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old. When crises and challenges hit a parish, we'll be caught off guard if our faith together hasn't developed to a place where we can be light on our feet and accept life on life's terms and go forward with deeper faith. And so we're called to grow, to be like St. Paul. When we were children, we spoke like children, we thought like children, we reasoned like children, we prayed like children. But now that we're adults, we do our best to put an end to childish ways. Christ risks, Christ calls us to risk. He reaches his hand towards us and invites us to take it. And so we, as people growing in the faith of Jesus, can risk more. We can risk offending those near and far. We can risk being misunderstood. We can risk being thought a little crazy. We can risk loving too much, too freely, too widely, too long. That kind of growing up can seem scary. We might feel like teenagers, um, unsure of ourselves, but we can lean on one another. We can lean on God to show us how to grow. Just as God reminded Jeremiah that he was known in the womb before he was even born, God has already known and loved and consecrated each one of us. God knows our fears, God knows our limitations, but God also knows our potential and what we're made for. As we learn to grow out of the cozy places of faith, let us grow together in love and in mercy, in grace and forgiveness, in joy and in strength. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.